Welcome to the Physics Buzz Podcast. I'm Sophie Bushwick. You can never bring the temperature down to absolute zero. Zero Kelvin, the temperature at which even molecular vibrations cease. But the quest to get as close as possible to the coldest of the cold has yielded other discoveries. Take physicist Heike kammerling onnes who worked with very cold gases. When he used those gases to chill other materials, he discovered superconductivity. About a century ago, kammerling onnes became the first to liquefy helium. Although most know this element as a buoyant balloon filler, at a few degrees above absolute zero, it condenses into its liquid form, which is very useful for cooling down other substances. kammerling onnes and his students used liquid helium to chill various materials down to near absolute zero and measure their properties at these ultra-low temperatures. And in 1911, one of his students was measuring the electrical resistance of a mercury wire as it grew colder and colder. In a metal, some of the negatively charged electrons are free to move over the whole structure rather than being bound to individual atoms. They travel over and interact with the lattice of bound-together positive ions that makes up the metal. You can imagine electrons moving along a metal wire the way that balls roll around a track. A wire with a high electrical resistance is like a bumpy track. As the balls bounce against the surface, friction will slow down their forward motion, eventually bringing them to a halt. And a wire with a low resistance is like a smooth track. The spheres will bump around less and keep rolling for longer, but they will still eventually slow to a stop. But bear in mind that at temperatures above absolute zero, the ions that make up the wire vibrate slightly, and this affects resistance. The cooler the metal gets, the less the particles vibrate, until the thermometer hits absolute zero when they freeze entirely. In the balls on a track metaphor, the track itself would be shakier at higher temperatures, making the balls bump around even more and slow to a stop more quickly. Sure enough, a higher temperature gives the wire a higher resistance, while cooling it down decreases the resistance. Kammerling Onnes already knew that a wire's resistance should grow lower as it grew cooler, and while he didn't know for sure what would happen at absolute zero, he assumed that the resistance would continue to fall gradually as the temperature dropped, until both reached zero. What he didn't expect was that when his student chilled the mercury wire to blow about 4 Kelvin, its resistance dropped suddenly, decreasing by 20,000. To test this low resistance state, Kammerling Onnes looped the chilled mercury wire and sent an electrical current through it. The resistance was so low that the current didn't slow at all. It kept flowing around and around. He had discovered superconductivity. But this perpetual motion did not fit with the known model of electric current. As they roll around, the balls must interact with the track at least a little, and this interaction must slow them down. In order for them to keep rolling indefinitely, the very nature of the balls and track, and the way they interact, must change. The material must transition to a new, superconductive state of matter. As researchers kept probing low temperatures, they found that various materials could transition to this state, below a level called the critical temperature, which varied from material to material. But it wasn't until 1957 that a model called BCS theory managed to explain the superconductive state. As the temperature drops and the vibration of ions in the lattice decreases, the ions begin to interact differently with the electrons. The electrons can actually be attracted to each other, forming pairs that behave like a different type of particle entirely. In pairs, the electrons can group together at a lower energy level than they can individually, leaving an energy gap that prevents them from colliding with the lattice. With the energy gap protecting them from collisions, the electrons can flow with effectively zero resistance. Although kammerling onnes had made a big discovery, his superconductors weren't very practical. Not only did they have to be chilled to an extremely low temperature, but they also were easily disrupted by magnetic fields. And because flowing current can induce magnetic fields, the original superconductors could only run small amounts of electrical current. 
But beginning in the 1980s, researchers began turning up the heat. 1986 saw the first of the high-temperature superconductors, composite materials that had zero resistance at temperatures of 30 Kelvin or higher, almost eight times warmer than the temperature that the original all-metal superconductors required. And less than a year later, another temperature barrier was broken as a ceramic material made of yttrium, barium, copper, and oxygen became the first substance to act as a superconductor at a temperature above that of liquid nitrogen. The liquid helium that Kamerlingh Onnes had needed to chill his superconductors was no longer necessary. Since then, scientists have developed materials that are superconductive at up to 134 Kelvin. In addition to helping scientists understand the details of how current flows through a wire, superconductors have everyday applications. Superconductors make incredibly strong electromagnets, which help imaging machines look inside the human body and bend beams of subatomic particles so they'll smash together inside a particle collider. Want to build a magnetic field sensor or a photon detector? You're probably going to want to include components made out of superconducting material. And as we continue to raise the temperature of superconductors, they could sneak their way further into our everyday lives. You might wake up in a house whose electricity is delivered via a superconducting electrical line and commute to work on a train levitated by superconducting magnets. That's all for today's Physics Buzz podcast. I'm Sophie Bushwick. You can find more podcasts, the Physics Buzz blog, resources, and much more at physicscentral.com. Thanks for listening.